0: this beard and gut uh, you know I may be what but I don't like my people much. I want the hatch and fucking make the first letters of their first names match <laughs> <laughs> that's the corniest thing I ever done uh, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Morning Show. It's bite sized bits of everything I enjoy books, baseball, geography, history, America, coffee, music, and the likes. Today's episode is brought to you by Yes, Please Coffee. Would you like to wake up happy? Would you like to wake up with some energy? Yes, please. Would you like to wake up and not step in a puddle of your new puppy's piss? Yes, please. Right up, Facebook. All right. Yes, please, coffee. They're they're bringing you the show. This is how it comes to you. This nice bag with their logo all over it. Inside there, it's a bag full of coffee, a new blend, fresh blend every day. This is batch number 084. I've been enjoying it every morning and it is uh, a bunch of words that I'm not It's from Guatemala. Bam! A little bit of Ethiopia mixed in and a little bit of Mexico. So, you know, culturally diverse coffee. That's what we're all about. Bringing people together. If anyone from Guatemala is listening, if anyone from Ethiopia is listening, anyone from Mexico is listening, just imagine if you guys all fell in love somehow and had kids um, and you were coffee beans. That's what this would be from Yes, Please Coffee. So thank you very much to Yes, Please Coffee for sponsoring the show. You guys can go pick up a bag yourself of freshly roasted beans shipped right to your door without a fuss. You go to slash Boy. Use discount code JOMBOY, you get 25% off your first order. It's subscription-based, but you can cancel at any time. You can also just skip uh, a month, you know. Hey, I got a little extra because I decided to sleep in this week because I was feeling lazy. So uh, just skip next month. Hit me back next month. Go to Johnboy. They're sponsoring the show. They're helping me uh, get the energy up. That was Blake Mills. That was a Blake Mills song. I don't know if anyone's familiar with Blake Mills. Blake Mills like a, a virtuoso guitarist um backing bands like you know a touring guitarist for tons of big acts there's a documentary on Blake Mills and then he decided to make his own album and he kind of stripped down all of his virtuoso guitar skills and made a very you know it was a uh, lyrically driven and kind of slower and that song Hey Lovers from from that album which is just a fun uh uh Mood booster. So of a song, the chorus is just "Hey lover, hey lover, hey lover, hey lover," eight times. "Hey lover, hey lover," good song, I like it. So uh, it's like about, um, it's like uh, I would say like uh, I was gonna say like white trash love, but I I don't know if that I can say that, but you know, that's kind of what it's about, which is cool. That feeling of when you first meet someone, you're really in depth, and then. It's good. It's good. Happy Friday. It doesn't feel like Friday. This week flew by. Uh, yesterday, I had to ask like three times Jake, it's Thursday? Today's Thursday? Tomorrow's Friday? Way too fast. It went way too fast. I, uh, I didn't say good morning to my friends in the chat who are, are now going by the Taurus, the morning Taurus. So, Kyle, Abe, William, Real D50, Steve, Josh, Vinny, Norm. All the regulars, uh, Bill, not Mr. Norm, in in the YouTube chat today, not Mr. Moon. Usually he's in the Periscope chat. In the Periscope chat, we got Sean Corby, celebrated a birthday very recently. Happy birthday to you, Sean. Uh, Kyle, who's always chilling in the Periscope chat, what up? Uh, Sportle and uh, Chiller. Great to see Chiller back. Chiller's like a weird inside joke between really between Jake and Luke and, and they keep me on the outside of it. But so that makes me laugh every time uh, chiller and then Facebook got too many chats open. Someone invent an app where all the live chats go to one place on my end because I like communicating and talking with the people. NG two underscore forces. What up John boy? New listener strap in. It's a very weird show. We do a town. We do a baseball player. We do a book. Town, Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. Um, what do, 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 do. Good morning, Jim. Son is back. Someone said home office today. No, this is the same. The um, the backdrop just fell. That We had the John Boy Media thing behind me. This is a soundproofing board, and I want to put pictures in here, but every time people send us pictures that they draw, I want to frame them because I don't want them to get ruined because people put their hard hard effort in drawing pictures. I feel like just pushing a pin and the paper on here would ruin it. So, um, but if we frame it, this won't be able to support it because it's really like a push pin board. So it's a dilemma, you know? I don't want to disrespect, you know, we had two people send us art that I really like. I want them to be in the background, but I don't want to ruin their art. So we're in a dilemma. We got to figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, I feel like... I did everything. I don't know. Uh, New episodes coming out today on John Boy Media is Talking Yanks. We had the great Joe's McFly of Pinstripe Strong on. Every year for the last three seasons, we've had him on before the season starts to do some fan-made over-under predictions. And then at the end of the season, we'll get him back on and we'll talk about what we got right, what we got wrong, and all of that. We have uh, Talking Baseball which was a good good episode because we we had people <laughs> we had people call in uh and give us give us uh the storylines on their team that we don't know about. You know, like we I know less about 29 teams than diehard fans of those 29 teams. There's probably Yankees fans that know a lot more than me about the Yankees as well. So, you know it's impossible to keep up. So we had like fans call in, tell us a storyline that's going on with your team that the casual observer doesn't know about, and then we'll share it with our guests. And now it's on our radar, and we'll find out. So uh, it was, um, it was uh, a good app. It was fun. I liked it. And then we have what we're listening to today, talking folk on Friday. Nick and Courtney sat down, and they shared four songs. There was an artist on there that's on, a new artist. I can't remember the name. Um, Let me find it, because I really like the song that um, Courtney shared from it, and I want to go listen to his full album now because he's on John Prine's Prine's record, Trey Burt, and the song was called What Good. And just the opening lyrics of the song, I really wanted to uh, listen to. So lower audio, I can raise that. Did it just get better, Abe? Ooh, just got better in my headphones. Sounds like I am the voice of God in my own brain. I'm gonna lower my headphones, but I just raised the audio. Cool. Um, what's going on right now is I'm waiting for Nick to text me back. I think Nick, are you watching in Periscope? I texted you because I wanted because <laughs> I have a new drop for the soundboard, but I needed Nick, uh, who's the host of Talking Folk. ...to give me the okay on it, but he posted it to YouTube, so um, I guess we'll move on, and then I was going to do more of a talking folk share, waiting for Nick to text me back. Sounds good? It sounds much better now? Okay, I got to remember to keep it the level at one, two, three, four notches. Okay, Nick texted me back. He can share it. This shit cracked me up. Nick records what we're listening to with his wife, Courtney. And um their energy and their uh banter is usually very funny. Um so this I made this today and it cracked me up. Uh Courtney. Nick just walked into a buzzsaw this this morning on this episode of Talking Folk. Uh here we go.
1: Um Anyway, uh, we don't have to. (laughs) No, this is going well. Keep going. (laughs) So stupid. Uh, You ever sometimes just like think like, oh, I'm gonna make a funny joke, but like you haven't thought of the joke yet. No. That's how I live my life. No, I'm like way funnier than you, so it comes natural. Okay. Anyway, it was so humid out. It was. This fog's as thick as peanut butter. That's from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, don't you mean pea soup? Never mind. These I, aren't good jokes. No, it's not you really tell a
0: joke. bad joke every episode. <laughs>
1: anyway, let's talk about the first song. That's yeah. why we're here. That's why we do this show. This is when, you know, we line all these things up throughout the week and we're listening to things. We have a playlist we drop them into and then... Come Thursday evening, record for Friday, and then we have to start the whole damn cycle over Nobody again. So let's cares. make it worth
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you can't see no, this? No, let me
1: play your song. Um, I want to play you a song, Ingrid Ingrid Andress. I don't know what's rocking. The song is called Waste of Lime. Speaking of Nashville. Interesting transition. They're always a little rocky for you, but <laughs> go ahead.
0: Here's another artist who's not from Nashville. <laughs> Well, all right. I messed it up on the for the people. Hey, guess what? The people who just listened to the audio version, uh, just got a huge win, because it was the visual people who got screwed. There, audio people, nothing bad happened. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that didn't work. I was trying to share the QuickTime video, but if you could heard it, just buzzsaw. And I have a new a new sound bite from Courtney. So thank you very much, Courtney, for uh, a new sound bite, a new addition. We only have two sound bites or sound drops on the morning uh, soundboard and now i have a third and, and it's it's this Not you tell really
1: a, a joke. bad joke every episode <laughs> you really tell a joke. bad
0: joke every episode <laughs> got it nailed it so every time i tell a bad joke just going to drop that cuz that made me laugh anyway go check out uh, what we're listening to it's pretty funny wow uh, <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. Moving on to Macanda, Illinois. I think that's how you say it. Macanda. Uh, so Macanda, Illinois. I didn't do a deep dive because I found one thing that I was very interested in. And there's um, natural resources always are cool to me. That's that's kind of a nerdy thing to say. But I guess this whole show's somewhat nerdy. Anytime someone likes something passionately, you just call them a nerd. And that's fine, you know? Like, there's baseball nerds, there's whatever nerds. So I don't even think nerd's a bad word. It just means, like, you're in deep. Like, oh, you're nerding out right now. So anyway, um, natural resources blow my mind. Like, you know, in, um, in the opening scene of the Ozarks, Jason Bateman is about to get killed, and he's like, the Ozarks, there's 300 miles of natural coastline, you know? And like we can make a lot of money there because it's a natural resource. Or the Jersey Shore, natural resource. Um, you know, all the beaches. They spend millions and millions of dollars to replenish beaches uh, because the beaches make that much money in return. You know, I think down in Florida, they they spend so much money replenishing the beach because the shoreline keeps coming in. They just didn't lava a But it's all worth it because... That's a natural resource. People go there every summer. Like New Jersey has a natural resource. Rhode Island stole all the natural resources from Connecticut and Massachusetts. It's bullshit. I'm fascinated. Like you know, uh, Luke's girlfriend is from Ohio, and I was like, "What's Ohio's natural resource?" It's like it's like they don't have like what is like you know, a not man made resource that just makes that state money. There's not much. Uh, so I always I always find that stuff interesting about just the uh, economics of geography, I guess is what that's called. All right, anyway, very nerdy. Mac- Macanda or Maconda, however you pronounce it, they were gifted a natural resource in 2016. So first, we'll take just a look at the map. It is southern Illinois, um, close to Missouri. I lived in Illinois for a while, but I lived way up north, north of Chicago even. So, you know. Oh, I'm not showing you the map. Just be better, Jimmy. Just have a better show. The people deserve better. Um also it says I'm just not even broadcasting anymore. It says it's going red. Is it getting choppy for you? I don't know. Anyway. Um, so where are we? Where are we on the map? So this is Illinois. Macanda, don't know how to pronounce it, is way south. I lived up here above Chicago by the lake. This is way south by the Shawnee Forest. Um, Small town. The YouTube videos that I'll show are tiny. But they were gifted a natural resource, which I think is really cool. Scientists said, you know what? Let's make the town of Macanda some money. Back in 2016. And then every... 2017? Every f- eight years, they got our natural resource, baby. They are on the line for the best view of the total eclipse. Weird shape of a town, too. Makes no sense. Makes uh, no sense, the shape of sound. town. So, scientists... Look at this guy, happy as shit. Scientists told um, this town that, you know, if you want to see a solar eclipse, if you want to see total eclipse of the heart of Makinda, Illinois, the great water tower with a smiley face on it, love. That's something I feel like the West coast, when I lived in California, you didn't see a lot water towers in Illinois and in New Jersey, each town has a water tower and they decorate it on the East coast. And you know, you don't want to be a town with a shitty water tower. Lavalette's got nice um, dolphins on it. It's pretty. They repainted it recently. Uh, right f- by the O'Hare Airport, there's one painted like a rose, real skinny with the ball in the he- little tiny ball head. Anyway, so this town becomes known as, like, the total eclipse town. And they start—this is the line. So the line, like, stand on this line— And you will have a great view of the Total Eclipse. And the line goes right into this dude's store, which looks like he just is, you know, it's like an antique shop, collector's store. But now, look, Eclipse T-shirts, Eclipse coffee, Eclipse uh, posters, Eclipse soda, Eclipse ice cream. They just made everything into Eclipse stuff because now they're getting a bunch of tourists that come one day every eight years, I think. I think the next Total Eclipse is 2024, I don't know. And this one was in 2017. So that's not good math, anyway. But, uh, so yeah, like that, that's wild that it's just known as a total eclipse town. And they have bluebell ice cream, and the people generally seem to love that. And, like, the logos are changing. Look at that Eclipse Info Center. They have an info center now. Wild to me. Some scientists were just like, yeah, let's give, uh, 2017, Eclipse Day, Macanda, Macanda, Illinois. Um, like, I wonder if they're like, first, they're like, we got a tiny town. No one comes here. Like, oh, no. This is going to suck. Everyone's going to come here for one day, and we're not prepared for it. And then they're like, oh, wait. We're going to make a ton of money because some scientists just said our spot is the spot. I wonder if there's any shenanigans there. Like, the town closer to the Macanda was like, we're actually the spot. They just bribed the scientists to say it. So a bunch of people just go to Mac- Macanda, Illinois, every six or seven or eight or nine years, I don't know, and t- attempt to get as close to blinding themselves as they possibly can while avoiding being blinded, you know? So that's cool. There it is. You guys see it? Well, if you want to see it in real life, go to Makanda. I think there's a bunch of eclipse towns. Eclipse towns. Is that a thing? Total eclipse cities, April 2024. So every seven years. All right. Here's all the other towns that science has now given a natural resource where they can make money for a day. It's a fucking lot. Texarkana, we've done Texarkana on here. Everyone said I pronounced it wrong. New Boston, Clarksville, Gilmer, Mount Pleasant, Pittsburgh, Paris, Tyler, Sulphur Springs, Lindale, Manola, Commerce, Canton, Athens, Plano, Garland, Fairfield, Irving, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, Corsicana, Granbury, Stevensville, Hillsbury, Waco, Woodway, Temple, Gatesville, Harker Heights, Plouferville. Killeen, Austin, Round Rock, Georgetown, Cooper's Cove, Lampas. Am I going to keep doing this for all of them? Fredericksburg, Rock Springs, Crystal City, and Del Rio. That's cool. Are these just only the Texas towns? Holy shit. (laughs) That is just Texas. So a lot of towns get hooked up. What's the town closest to me that I can go to? New York. All right. Show it to me. Fuck that. It's Western New York. Vermont. Wow, this is kind of cool. Okay. Wow. So here's the the full hey, if you see this map of America and you live in that little thing. Go there. Great Lakes are taking up a lot of the eclipse space. I wonder if people go on a boat and go into the middle of the Great Lakes to check out the eclipse. April 8th, 2024. Check it out. Uh all right, so and that's all I had to say about that. Eclipse down. We did it. We did it. Uh, Baseball Lenny Harris is the uh, player today Random player of the day Is Lenny Harris I think Lenny Harris is still involved in baseball He played for 18 seasons He's known as the best Pinch hitter of all time So we're going to go look at his pinch hit Numbers And he broke up a No hitter in the 10th inning So if you're the pitcher that threw a no-hitter for nine innings and then lost it in the 10th, I mean, how much do you cry on that day? That's bullshit. Harris was Cincinnati Reds' fifth-round pick in 1983 amateur draft. He played from 88 to, like, 2005. Um, He was let go by the Marlins after the 2016 season For the 2017 season, Harris returned to the Reds as coach For their Arizona fall affiliate. So I don't know what he's up to now But uh, let's go here and here There he is There he is Debut September 7th, 1988 Last game, October 12th, 2005 Played from age 23 to 40 I mean, if you have that pinch hit skill You can play forever, right, in the National League? Did he ever play on an American League team? No. Makes sense, right, if like, you pick him up in his later career as a pinch hitter? Reds, Dodgers, Reds, Mets, Rockies, Diamondbacks, Mets, Brewers, Cubs, Marlins. So he never played for an American League team, which makes a lot of sense if he's a good pinch hitter. Um, did he ever, he had, he, oh man, what, this is such a weird career. He had three, he had three, one, I'm not counting that first one, one. One, two, three. he had four seasons where he had an OPS plus above 100, 100 is league average. So he had four seasons where he was above league average. The only season he was ever drastically above league average was his very last season at age 40. And he played in 83 games and had 73 at-bats. So, like, you know, 78 at-bats. So It's not a lot of at-bats. Kind of odd. Like a pinch hit single? Is that what they were paying this dude for? No shots fired at Lenny Harris. I just think the game's changed. I don't think you're keeping a guy on your squad for uh, a pinch hit single anymore. You know? You know? Uh, But let's go see his pinch hit numbers Splits Career splits I think he has the most pinch hits Of all time With 212 or something like that Defensive positions Oh here's a question I should uh, DM uh, baseball reference I DM'd them the other day and they helped me out They have um, They have this section on And we ran into this the other day They have this section on baseball reference that says as a pinch hitter for the DH, and has separate um, stats than as a pinch hitter all encompassing. Do those th- do the do the you know? Does as a pinch hitter for the DH, he's got three three at bats uh, here. Are those part of as pinch hitter stats, or are they two separate things? It seems like they should also be part of as pinch hitter, but nothing else over. Overlaps in this section. So, like, that's a hey baseball reference. If you're listening, let me know. Otherwise, I will forget to DM you and will never find out. And people will be, you know, driven mad. Mad Hatter, Mad Hatters, Hatters, Mad Hatters. Do you guys know the origin of that term? The glue that hat makers made um, was like some chemical that drove them crazy. So, a lot of hat makers eventually turned into a Johnny Depp character and just were Looney Tunes. And they're like, that guy's mad as a hatter. Because hatters, uh, we're lunatics. I'm not going to go down the
1: rabbit hole with you, with you, with you, with you
0: again. All right, so as a pinch hitter, he had 883 plate appearances. Man, that's a lot. Oh, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot. He got sent to the plate as a pinch hitter 883 times. That's crazy. 264 average. Oh, no. These are not impressive in modern terms at all. He had five home runs. He had four doubles. He had 36 or th- he had four triples, 36. Um, you guys can't see this. He had 36 uh, doubles. That's good. His uh, batting average is 264, on-base percentage, 3.7. Up the audio even more? Okay, I did that. Uh, that's really loud. It says it's all right, cool. If you can hear me, that's good. Um, Chiller said, I live near Lavalette. Used to live there. My parents live there. I go there every uh, summer, every weekend. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, these these pinch hit numbers are not as impressive As you'd like them to be With him being regarded as the best pinch hitter of all time I mean He may have got the most chances to pinch hit of all time And he got the most singles But like I was expecting a higher batting average than 264 Now I understand pinch hitting is incredibly hard But we've talked about Our dude Ian Happ Who is Ian Happ was on the dog and baseball, uh, got a podcast called The Compound. We now his, it's gonna be much lighter the amount of times he's pinch hit. And Ian Happ does not want his career to become pinch hitting. But his numbers as a pinch hitter, where are they? Where are they? Find them, scrolled past them, need to scroll back up. ba da ba Okay. So he only has sixty six plate appearances as a pinch hitter, which, compared to Lenny Harris's eight hundred and four or eight hundred eighty three, is nothing. But I mean, he's got a two ninety six batting average and a one dot uh, five seven OPS. He's got five home runs and twelve RBIs and a four oh nine on base percentage. Lenny Harris only had a. 317 on base percentage. So, um, I don't know. I think you know this is just a, a a dated way to look at stats. Of his error, he was the best pinch hitter of all time. 18 year career because he was a pinch hitter. That's pretty wild. Like later in his life, how many at bats did he get that weren't? You know what I mean. Like it, later in his life, if he if he's being picked up as a 38 year old to be a pinch hitter how many at bats is he getting that aren't pinch hits like how many games is he starting and okay we found our answer none he didn't start cuz why would you start someone who you you plan on using as a pinch hitter so if we do like innings appeared okay one he started one game in 2000 he started one game in in 2005. He, where he put up good numbers in when he did get at bats, but he he only started one game. So in 2004 how many games did he start? There is this like okay. All right, 2004 he started 11. Not bad. 2003 he started All right, we're getting better. 2003 he started uh 27. 2002, this is some Mike Francesa radio right here. Uh, 2002, he started... I've never seen that before. He started 30, but one game it looks like he pinch hit in the first inning. I've never seen that before. It doesn't say game started, but it says one through game's finish. So he pinch hit in the first inning. Someone must have gotten hurt. I'm going to look into this game. Lenny Harris replaces Richie Sexton. Uh so Richie Sexton struck out looking in the first and and Lenny Harris replaced him. Um is that a record? Someone who's good at stats. Like what's the what's the biggest ratio to uh at bats versus games started? Do we have any professional pinch hitters anymore? Will we not with the DH anymore, right? But that's a really weird career to get pigeonholed into. It sounds terrible. Sure, the longevity's there. He played until he was 40, and he was getting contracts until he was 40, and he was part of a team until he was 40 and all that. Won a World Series as a 38-year-old in 2003, so it's that part is awesome. But you're literally getting paid to not start. Like at some point, he had to be fighting this when he was younger, like, no, I'm not just a pinch hitter. When he was older, he probably embraced it like crazy. He was like, I'm starting today, Skip. You nuts. I gotta play the full game? Fuck out of here. Uh so anyway, that's Lenny Harris. And that's all I have to say about that. Next up, we got Oh, you guys ready? Sea Biscuit. We're talking about the book. I didn't I forgot to bring it. Um, we're running late because uh, MacDougall got sick. Yeah, you know, threw up his food. Yeah, they ate too fast. Ate something wrong. Stomach's upset. Running a little late. Forgot to grab the book Sea Biscuit. But little known fact about me, maybe a lot of known. Sea Biscuit's like my most watched movie ever. I fucking love the movie Sea Biscuit, and I like the book too. I really like the book. Uh, I used to read the I, I i read the book on long car rides something I used to do when I was dumb when I would drive on highways I would just r- look down and read a book drive real slow in the right lane don't do that but I have a distinct memory of reading Sea Biscuit on a long road trip um, Sea Biscuit's the best movie it's a slow burn you got to really let it play out but it's the best and the book's really cool too uh, the story's crazy too. Crazy trainer, kind of like a whack job out in the patterns. Tom Smith doing his own thing would like save horses' lives. People thought he was a crackpot, so weirdo. Um uh the billionaire owner, um, what's his name? Howard, he I believe he made all his money uh as a car dealer in San Francisco. Um, I think he made a lot of his money off of the earthquake because there was an earthquake in San Francisco and everyone needed cards. Cars, and he provided cars for the rescue crew and stuff. Red Pollard was from Alberta, Canada. He's the jockey, and he's like 5'7", which is way too tall to be a jockey. He was also ornery. He would get into fights all the time. He got into a boxing match, was blinded in one eye. His parents gave him up. Like, like he had a skill, so his parents who were in the Depression were like, hey, we can't afford to feed you, and you can actually make your own money. So, bam, and then just sent him on his way. Uh, It is... The cool it's a great story. Um, Seabiscuit was trained to lose the horse itself. he was undersized, so they trained him to lose. They would, you know each horse, um, you know, kind of like uh, the globe Trotters, you know the team that always got paid to play the, the globe Trotters. When, when you wanted to sell a horse and you wanted to show it off to a potential buyer and you needed it to beat another horse, they would run it against Seabiscuit. So he's just trained to lose. Um, but Tom Smith saw something in Seabiscuit. It's a cool scene in the movie where he's like, I saw him looking at me through the fog, as if to say, Who are you? Uh <laughs> so anyway, great underdog story. Like every part of it is an underdog story. One thing they don't they don't they leave out of the story is that is his name? What's his name? Howard Hughes? Seabiscuit's owner. Seabiscuit Biscuit owner. Um Charles Howard. Howard Hughes is the other guy, obviously. Um Charles Howard and Charles Charles Howard married his um, son's. He married his daughter-in-law's sister. So him and his son ma- were married to siblings. That's kind of weird. But Elizabeth Banks plays that part. They leave that out of the movie. They subtly hint to it. Um, I fall asleep to this movie nonstop. As soon as they go to Mexico. And the narrator, who's like the same narrator for Ken Burns movies. There's a Ken Burns effect in the movie that's really cool. Uh, where they do a little documentary with the narrator. It's like everything was, you know, at a time when the country couldn't have a drink, everyone needed one. <laughs> anyway, it's the best. Go watch it. Watch it a million times. Uh, it is a slow start. The first hour is all build up. But the book's really good, too. There's this part in the book that stays with me more than most things stay in the book. I wish I had my copy here. Is that Red Pollard, the jockey for Seabiscuit, as an old man, just went mute. And I've said this on so many shows. Anyone that listens to, like, everything and remembers stuff, like, there's something poetic about that. But if it was anyone I knew, if it was my grandpa, I would be like, come on, just fucking talk to us, dude. But the I think the way Laura Hillenbrand in the book is like he just said everything he had to say. So he just stopped talking. There is something poetic about that, I think. Uh, but Sea Biscuit's great. I watched it last night. Fell asleep to it. So I figured I'd talk about it. The book's good, too. She also wrote... Uh, Laura Hillenbrand also wrote, she wrote another book, The Unbreakable, about um, the, the runner who was a prisoner of war. And I believe that she even has an underdog story in her because she has a disease. Is that, if I'm wrong, I feel bad about it. But I feel like, I'm trying to read it up. I'm trying to figure it out. She said do, 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 do. Maybe, oh okay, she has chronic fatigue syndrome. Yes, okay, I didn't make it up. Uh, and I think I think that, like there's something that it alters the way she writes where um her husband helps her. I'm I'm blowing this, but it is something cool that there, there will probably be a story about her or a movie about her. Because she's an underdog in and of itself, which is probably why she gravitated towards the story of Seabiscuit and um, Charles Howard and Tom Smith and Red Pollard. So Seabiscuit's the best. All right. I think that's the end of it. Uh... Whoa, someone in the Facebook chat. Just commenting a bunch in all caps. Abe, need you monitoring Facebook. I'm just joking. You do a good job in, in YouTube. Um, okay, going to not look at that. Seems like annoying. Unbreakable movie was thumbs down. Book was thumbs up. I feel the same way. That's what Bopper is real said in uh, that. Chiller, is it a Tobey Maguire movie? It is. It is a Tobey Maguire movie. He's good in it. He's good in it. I quoted a lot. Brick by brick, my fellow citizens. Or uh, there's a line that says uh, everything gets longer in the retelling, which I think is a good line and true. And uh, he's blind. That's a good line, too. He lied to us. He's blind. Cool. All right. That's all I got to say about that. And that's all I had to say about that. And we can do a little Q&A before the weekend. A little hangout sesh. How's everyone doing? I try not to look at the chat as much while I'm going because it distracts me because I just want to talk to you guys then. Uh, Secretariat is a close second for racehorse movies. Yeah. So, Secretariat's a good movie. But what happens is people try to tell me it's better than Seabiscuit and then like my my personal livelihood is on the line and I can't let that happen. So I got to be like, uh, no, it's not. So. It's not. Seabiscuit's better. When I was a freshman in high school, I wrote like a five page paper on the movie Sea Biscuit. I've loved it since I was 13 years old. <laughs> uh, I found the paper, too. It's in like a it's in an old old binder. Uh, I, f- I found it recently. I showed Katie because Katie, when we started dating, she was like, "You really putting on Sea Biscuit?" It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's really good. I like falling asleep to it. Good soundtrack, good narration, good story. Not a lot of loud, jarring noises. And uh, then I found it, and I was like, "Yeah, see, I've uh, been a fan of Sea Biscuit for a long time." What is your prediction for the Orioles' record this year? Bad, like nineteen. And 41. And they, you know, we talked about this on Talking Baseball. We think every team is going to look at the Orioles and be like, we better not lose to those fuckers. 60 game set, we got to beat those guys. So, like, you know, they might not use the Orioles as like rest days or half ass days. They might be like, "We, this is an easy win if we try. So let's fucking get it. Um, It's someone's birthday. Zendino the Great. Happy birthday. Oh, what's up, man? You got a different name here than Twitter. But yeah, happy birthday. Tell your mother and father I say happy birthday. Very first live event they came to. Sparknotes got me an A-plus in high school. Yeah, I never understood why people look down on Sparknotes or, or anything that like does that. Like That's exactly what you should do as a child. You should read a book, and then you should go to Sparknotes. I guess if you don't read the book, that's bad. Yeah, that's why. But uh, if you read the book, going to SparkNotes is fantastic. You're just, then you're learning more. Oh, that's what you think that might have meant? Hmm, do I think it meant that? Like, that's how the learning process is supposed to work. There's a comet in the eastern sky. It's dope. Cool. I'm not much into space stuff. I know we did a lot of total eclipse. Like, I'd never go to the total eclipse town. I think I'd rather look at pictures of the total eclipse than the actual total eclipse. But good for uh, Macanda, Illinois. The Crucible was a slog. Yeah, I tried to reread The Crucible recently. I wasn't into it. How are we watching the first MLB game live with you? I don't know if we're going to do that. Like, if we did that, um, unless I go live on Periscope. But, you know, we have the ability at the office to go live during games. But, I mean, usually I have, like... Three monitors set up, and I watch the Yankees game on the home feed and the away feed, and then I have Twitter, and I'm making videos and pulling GIFs. So, like, like, you know, it's not always – I can't, like, do, like, a live show where I'm, like, talking with you guys and hanging out. Like, it would be like a stalker cam of watch Jimmy work while he watches the game, you know? So I I like to use Periscope for the big moments when I can be like, oh, this is a big at-bat. Let's go live uh, and hang out with people. Um, But, yeah, you know. I got to figure out how I'm going to watch live games anyway, where I'm going to be. Sometimes we'll be at the office. Sometimes I'll be at my house, and I got to figure out that setup. So are you a full-time YouTuber? That is not how I would describe it. We have a company. Um... It's a media company, similar to Barstool or The Ringer. We're just, like, you know, much newer, much more young and smaller. But it's more like that than, than just, you know. We have, uh, I think, 15 properties. We have a bunch of employees. So, like, no, we're not just, like, it's not just, like, I I, I am a YouTuber in the sense because we do this shit on YouTube. But it's also on Periscope and Facebook and all that. So, uh. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I think that I think that's the answer. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. The answer's like, yes, this is the full time gig. Um Yeah. All right. Uh any good weekend plans? So going down the lava light again. We're leaving today. We have, let's see, the plans for today are the plans for today we got uh we're gonna do a recorded last from the past in uh a 10 minute and at uh, 10 o'clock like the john boy jake radio slot we're gonna do a laughs from the past we have to record um a half hour of monday's talking to baseball we have to record that we're gonna do a preview of the east earn conference or division um and then And then what else are we recording today? We're going to record some watching baggage and watching whatever because we're trying to record all 20 episodes of those so we don't have to record any during the season. So we're going to record a lot of those. We recorded four yesterday. We're going to try to record like two a day until the season starts and get all 20 out of the way. Um, And then we're, I think that's all we're recording, those three. And then I'm heading down the shore. uh, it should be on Instagram too. The only way to put it on Instagram is to put it as an IGTV after the fact, which I think producer Luke and I talked about doing, cause we have more than on Instagram because Instagram live. The only way I would do it is I take my phone and just set it up here and it's just me talking. They wouldn't get any of the graphics, any, uh, any of the sound drops, any of the integrated video and an audio that I use. It, w- it would just be my voice and, that's not the best format of it. Instagram doesn't let you... Um, Instagram doesn't let you, like, output from a different place to it like every other thing does. So I think we're on Twitch now. I don't know if we have anyone watching, but we're trying to build that up and all that, so. Uh, any thoughts on Cohen possibly buying the Mets for $2 billion offering $2 billion for SNY? That'd be cool. Uh, no, I don't have much thoughts on it I have to read more about that I don't know much Seems like a good buyer if he gets it Any, uh, any tips for other people starting podcasts? Yeah, tips for starting podcasts Um, do it Do it regularly Uh, find a structure But don't tie yourself down to the structure Don't voice opinions you don't believe in Uh, engage with any single person that engages with you. Uh, If you have an audience of 10, treat it like an audience of a million. And if you have an audience of a million, treat it like an audience of a million. Um, Post-production is important. It's not just talking into a mic and uh, uploading that audio. You know, for the first two years of talking yanks and talking baseball and all the podcasts we did I spend double you know you spend more time preparing and uh, editing afterwards than you do actually talking on the show and I think a lot of people don't do that they just post the audio Um, especially if you have to do uh, a Skype session where the two of you aren't in the same room and there's going to be awkward uh, 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 when you can't talk edit all those out try to edit out ums and ahs make it flow Uh, let the audience know what the structure is so they know what's coming up next and then ramble your way. And then as soon as you get caught into a a place where you're like, how did we get here? You know, exactly. Oh, okay. Let's back on track. And you have the structure there and the audience also knows that's coming up. Um, but most importantly, just do it and, um, commit to it knowing no one's going to listen or pay attention for a while. So, I mean, I guess that would be kind of all of it. Um, and you have to use social media like you cannot you can't just start a podcast and build a following by talking on a podcast. Uh, I built a Twitter following first and, you know, a part of that migrated to podcasts and videos and all of that. And I used my Twitter following to promote the podcast and stuff in a way that wasn't annoying. So I thought that's at least was my goal. Um, so, yeah. John Boy Media Live is the Twitch channel. It's very new. We were trying to build it up if you guys want to follow. Yeah, it's called John Boy Media Live. So, yeah. Cool. Do you think the Mets are a top 10 team? Top 10? Yeah. Syndergaard going down really hurts that rotation, I think. I think that rotation's really bummed out. Uh, You know, Stroman goes to the two, which is cool, but Mats goes to, like, the three, which is not good. So... Syndergaard being out really hurts that that five. That's that. Cool. All right. I uh, think I'm going to bow out. i got to find that song I played, Hey Lover. Where is it? And, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys on Monday. Very excited for that. Go uh, If you enjoy the show, if you're still watching, go click on the link. Go check out the Yes Please copy page just let them know you see them. Let them know you, let them know you know they exist and then buy some if you want it and use discount code johnboy for 25% off. That's the show. That's the week. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. And uh that's it. Cool. Bye guys, appreciate you. I'll see you I see you on Monday.